we're, if you were here, we were talking about a culture of satisfaction. Not, oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. That's wickedness. The righteous get up. It doesn't say the righteous are never going to fall. It says the righteous are never going to stay down. Do you get that? Could we get the coffee back out? I don't think they got it. <laughs> it's the third service that's quiet. Like, well, should we say something? It's like, the first service, they just yell back at me. Wow. It's wicked to stay down. It's righteous to get up. There you go. I'm going to preach this side. I'm preaching this side. Okay, okay. We're all going to fall. <laughs> yay. I got a yay. Yay. Let's fall tonight. <laughs> Let's be righteous in the morning. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, and, and so with that, you know, the Bible says, I, you know, I'm going to, in Joel 2, and Peter says it, not that Peter, Apostle Peter, he says it, I get it, Pentecost, he goes, you know, he goes, you're young men. They're going to they're gonna see visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. It talks about giving us dreams, and dreams are a funny thing. You're like, did that dream come from eating too much pizza last night or four rivers? Uh, <clears throat> or was it something that's coming from my spirit? Dreams can be tricky because some dreams are going to let you down because they're not of God or they're God out of time. Let me tell you, a, a how a dream can bite you. There's a young couple just married. Saturday afternoon, a young bride falls asleep in the house. Husband comes in from mowing the yard, shuts the door, startles her, wakes her up. She goes, oh, honey, I just had the strangest dream. I dreamt that you gave me a beautiful pearl necklace for Valentine's. And Valentine's is this week. He looks at her and <clears throat> goes, don't worry. Tonight, you're going to know. You're going to know what that means. That night, he comes in. He'd been out. He comes in with a package. He hands the package to her. She, <gasps> her heart leaps inside of her. She opens it up to find a book that says, How to Interpret Your Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams are a tricky thing. <laughs> At that time, she had a choice to get back up. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it takes the righteous with dreams that have failed, hopes to get back up. That's what the Lord is saying to us. You know, if the Bible says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, then we need to learn how to live and discover that dimension. We need to discover it. You think, well, I, no, it's a discovery. It's something that we reach for. So in Isaiah 54, I want to do a little background before we get into it, because you need to understand it. In Isaiah chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah just is putting it in their face. He goes, here's why you were in captivity. This is why 
you have all these bondages. This is, remember all the enemies that beat you down? Let me name them for you. This is why you lost every battle. For 39 chapters, it's just a continuous song of everything they did wrong, everything that was done wrong to them. He's not letting them miss anything. Then in chapter 40, he shifts gears and he starts looking at the covenants of the past, the agreements, the the contracts that God has had with the nation of Israel. And he's saying to them, he goes, look, God was good on his part. It's only when we did not obey that the covenants didn't work. Because remember, if we just went through the Christmas season, it's Isaiah that prophesies the coming of the Messiah. And he's getting ready to. See, he's getting ready to announce the new and the last covenant. When you take communion, remember you've got the the blood, the grape juice? He says, and this is a new... God is a God of covenant. So, chapter 40, he starts to look at the covenant. And verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. I want you to know that if you got just a word from God, it is enough for the rest of your life. Some of us today are going to get that word that we've been needing. Just a word. Well, there have been ministries that have been planted that have gone worldwide over one word from the Lord. And it's all they needed. Not to say that the struggles didn't come, but they needed one word. And I'm believing that word is going to strike some of us today. Says, Lord is going to give you that word. And that is all I needed. I shouldn't do this, but I was working at a <clears throat> ministry. And every summer we go off to camp and we have high school kids come. And there was just this one kid that just was horrible. And I worked in the Honda area. I was called a Honda Wrangler. We take kids up into the mountains on dirt bikes. And so during the week we're repairing all the times the kids run into trees and off the bank and into the river. And so there was this one kid that would not, would not participate in any of the games. He goes, just, uh, we don't, send him to Mark. Send him down to the barn. So this kid comes down there, and he was just one miserable. And I was pretty patient at that time. <clears throat> oh, don't worry. I'm not patient anymore. Y'all have beat it out of me. Um, <clears throat> hey, I recognize that. Uh, <clears throat> he said, send him down to Mark. And this kid was just bad. He was beyond my patience. So I just got fed up with it. And I said, I got an idea. Get out! He goes, huh? I go, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, just get out. Just show up for supper. You know, because I'm responsible for you. You know, so he gives it to me. So he doesn't show up for supper. Okay, he's gone and drowned himself or something, and we're all out looking for him. He shows up about 10 o'clock. And he's just, you can see on his face, he's a different person. I go, what happened? He goes, man, after you kicked me out, he goes, I, I recognize you were the last guy. He goes, I just went out with my Bible. I was just 
saying, God, if you really exist, show yourself. He goes, I opened it up. I'm thinking, yeah, I had something to do with this. <laughs> he opened it up. He goes, I opened it up. He says, in the beginning, God. He goes, that settled it for me. I went, <laughs> Did you read any more? Nope. That was it. Because <laughs> I've been on my face before God since then. I'm like, oh. There's a word for every one of us somewhere in that Bible. And it says, all you need is a word. The grass, everything in your life is going to fade and wither. But that word is going to get you through. So let's go on. Chapter 43, 18 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. We talked about that last week. It says it again. Listen, for you to be let loose... You've got to let go of that culture. You've got to let go of the culture that your family's developed, the culture that you were raised in. If it was this area, that area, if it is against the word of God, if it's a culture of perceived scarcity, let it go because God speaks of an abundance that you reach for. But here is, see, I'm doing a new thing. In the church, people can see if something's happening. I can see something's happening over there. I can see something's happening over there. But that's not enough. And too often in the church, people are going, oh, I see what the pastor's doing. He's traveling around. And they're living through their pastor. They're seeing something. But that's not where the verse ends. That's how something really is blessing this person over here and all these people over here. Well, I'm so happy for them. The Bible says, listen, you get a word. See what is happening. But it goes on. It says, now it springs up. That's still not enough. It's sp- of course I can see it springing up now. Do you perceive it? Do you understand? Have you reached out to figure it out? How, what God is doing over here, what does that mean for me right here? So one of the things about when God moved around the world, when the, when, before all the communications going on. During the Great Awakening in England and in the United States, guess what was happening in China? Watchman Nee. And God was moving in China. And guess where else? India. They perceived what God was doing and what it meant for them. They got their word. So it talks about you perceiving. Just don't see it. Oh, yeah, I see stuff happening. No, no, no. Perceive it. Understand it. Stretch yourself to figure out what is going on for me. What is God doing there, and what does that mean to me? Well, it really is referring to a reaching Your ability really to forget the past, your ability not to dwell in it, the culture that you were raised in, to walk away from it, it's your ability to perceive is the ability for you to move in. You can't move into something that you don't have some perception or understanding about. 
It's just not riding the wave. It's knowing, listen, I know there's a wave. I need a board. There is a perception. There's something that you need to do in this. And we're talking about covenants. And you look at the covenants that, that you know, God made with Moses. Moses, if you will do this, you be my spokesman. Wait a minute. Who picks someone who stutters to be a spokesman? I don't get that. It's like the move of God could have come and gone by the time he goes, but God said, I want you to be faithful. That was the agreement to what we got here. God is calling out for us to reach. Moses had to reach. He had to forget the former things, the mediocrity, how he has failed. (laughs) Talk about reaching. Whenever God makes a covenant, whenever he gives you a promise, he gave Moses a promise. He said, I'm going to set the people free. But on the way, he says, what's in your hand, Moses? He goes, I don't have anything, Lord. Everything is yours. He goes, well, what's in your hand? My staff, this big rod, he goes, throw it down, throw it away. He says, Lord, I, I don't have anything else. Just throw it down, Moses. He throws it down, and it says his rod became a hissing snake. Like, whoa, dang, you are God. That's a God. And then the Lord says, pick it up. Lord, I realize you haven't been here very long, but you never pick up a hissing snake, especially by the tail. You know, God could have turned that into a rod without him reaching out for it. But nothing changed until Moses reached out, being obedient to God's word and it turned back into a rod when God made the agreement says you know what you're going to lead them to a land of milk and honey and they come right up to the shores they go there it is God did not put grapes in their mouth they had to go and fight for the milk and honey they had to stretch. And you're trying to inch it a little closer, like I'm going off, I'm going over. Do y'all ever worry when Pete preaches, he always stands with his toes off like that? I said, he's going down today. He is going off. Who here notices that? Oh, yeah, we're all back there. I don't know what he's saying. We're just praying for his life. You know? <laughs> You let me preach. Y'all have forgotten the message now. You're going, that old guy's going. <laughs> so, you got to stretch. Graves didn't show up in any of their mouths. I got to move along because we're going to have ministry time. That's oh, too late. One minute left. <laughs> wow. 43, I will call you by name. When you walk through fire, I will be there in flood. 
it will not take you over. For I have put you in the palm of my hand. It says there's a flood. It says there's a fire. But guess what? The righteous get back up. 45, he says, I'm going to give you treasures from, I'm going to try this side. God says, I'm going to give you treasures from your dark places. Do you remember your dark places? I still heard the who over here. They're drawing me. You see, the story of Israel is our story. We've been defeated. We did things that we deserve. Things have happened to us we don't deserve. But we didn't obey. We walked away from a covenant maybe we didn't even know. That's our story. But then we look at the covenants. Chapter 40. The promises of God. And there's one last covenant coming. He's going to be bruised for your iniquities, chastised. He's prophesying about the last covenant coming. A Savior is born. This is our story. So let's see, as I speed it up, from your dark places, we're going to bring treasures from that divorce, from that job failure, from that character failure, from your dark places in covenant, God is going to bring treasure. You've been trying to hide from it. You've been trying to ignore it. You need to say, yep, that was me. From the dark places, you're going to find treasure. Amen? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 53, we're there. John even repeats this. After he gives this, he goes, you know what? There's one, there's another covenant coming, and he's going to pay for your transgressions. And he stands up. He says, who has believed our report? You see, there's another report out there. There's going to be another and another report. God has a report, and he's saying, this is my report for my people, for those who believe. There's a different report, not just what Fox News, CBS News, they're not telling you what they want you to believe or what they think is happening over here. There is another report. It's called Revelations. It tells us what's going to happen in the last days. You get your bank statement, you go, oh, zero, zero, zero. Why did they waste their time? He's like, there's another report coming. If you become a part of the covenant, there's another report. If you go to the doctor, let me tell you, they're doing their best, but I want you to know that there's another report. The question is, who has believed our report? I want to. Then the verse goes on. He goes, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Perceive receive it. We have the band come up. Verse 5, and he was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. If you don't have peace and by his stripes we are healed. Sing, O barren, I want you to know that in the Old Testament there was nothing worse than to be barren. To not produce. I always like it. I like it that it doesn't say, oh, single barren woman. It says, oh, single barren. 
It's referring to the woman because a husband even had the right to leave her hus- uh, her, his wife if she didn't produce. There's many of us who have not produced in our business, our marriage, our family, you know, in our personal, our, our, our personal life. And this word says, sing, oh barren. You may be successful in all the areas of your life, but there's one you know that you're barren in, and it's a just, it is just shameful to you. And here's what the word says to your barrenness. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. That's crazy. But in the covenant, it says that you who have not labored with child, for more are the children to the desolate than the children of the married woman because you are tapping into, you're believing in the word of the Lord. You're going to perceive what you see, but I'm going to perceive it. I'm going to stretch for it. God has presented it. He said, here's the new contract. Here's the new covenant, my son. Chastise for you. I know you've seen it. Church has seen it. The church has seen so much. And so few have tasted the fruit. Because they didn't reach. They let other people walk in to the promise. This is, this is our year. The church will awake from its barrenness that we perceive. I love seeing what God's doing. But this is the year you're going to perceive what you're seeing. It all changes. God gives you a word that will last you a lifetime. Change everything. But when it says sing, we're going to sing. At a moment, it may strike you. We're going to stand up and sing it. But there are those you know that as good as this sounds, as good as it sounds, it just seems beyond me. You need the family. I'm going to have different leaders make themselves available. If you come down and sing, the first service, many just came out here and knelt. They couldn't even sing. But I'm telling you, I encourage you at some point, if you come down, sing. Because it says, sing, O barren. You're singing to that barrenness. You're going, I'm going to rejoice, so I see nothing. Doesn't that sound like the Bible? Sounds like faith to me. I am going to sing because I've been given a new covenant. People think that the new covenant was just Jesus' blood. This is a part of Jesus' blood that the barren can sing. This was a part of the promise in Isaiah that he was prophesying about the last covenant that's coming. It has come. So like I said, if you need to get over that hump, I really know what all this means, but I know there's something in me that I can see, but I can't perceive it. Receive prayer. Humble yourself and make your way down. God can move just as powerfully out there. I know that. But if you've got voices in your head saying, don't go down there, kill it. Just take out a spiritual knife and stab it in the heart and come down here.
The Apostle Paul tells us that in Corinthians, he goes, there is a groan that is so deep within you, but it is the Spirit of God crying out. He said, it is so deep that it's beyond an interpretation. It is a cry in your soul. That's part of the cry that comes out to sing that groan to the Lord. You're speaking things that are deep mysteries only to be discovered in God. If anyone has ever felt that, it could be in a tough time and all you can do is go, that's just not your anguish. That's the Spirit of God in you crying out for something more. Out of your barrenness. Don't be afraid to sing that song either. Because it's crying out. I'm in agreement with the covenant. I don't know who has that cry in their belly. And maybe you've never let it out because you're too prideful or you think this is going to scare me. Let it out. Just a groan. It's, just, it's a groan. Lord. That's a song to God crying out every bit of your being is crying out to you Lord to you Lord oh to you Lord we cry out we cry out barrenness is broken in the covenant of your son can you give me an amen give the Lord a shout yeah